And welcome, welcome, welcome to tonight's Bible study. I am Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas, pastor of Behind Closed Doors Ministries. Today is February the 17th, 2023. And with me this evening, I am so very blessed. Uh, we have uh, Sister Patricia Carter. Good evening. Good evening. We have uh, Sister Nicole Carter. Good evening. Good evening. We have Brother Desmond Mohammed. Good evening. Good evening to you. Amen. We have Brother Patrick Douglas. Good evening. Amen. We have Sister Arlesa Douglas. Good evening. Good evening. And we have Brother Brylin Douglas. Good evening. Good evening. Amen. And, you know, we went from uh, oldest to youngest. Praise God. <laughs> so, to, amen. Uh, would anybody like to share from last week's Bible study. I think a lot of it dealt with marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we still talk, yeah, about like, you know, the difference of, you know, having that uh, commitment with, with God and that sick reunion. Uh, yes. As opposed to having a partnership or having um, a relationship, a marriage is, is much more sacred and, and deeper than, than that. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, anyone else? Amen. Well, I thank you so much for that. Uh, recap of last week's Bible study. For tonight's Bible study, we are going to uh, read the daily bread uh, dated for today, uh, February the 17th, entitled Cleansed Completely. And this was actually written by Adam R. Holtz. And also in tonight's Bible study, we will be reading Genesis chapter 20 and 21. Praise God. Sister Patricia, would you bless us with uh, prayer? We thank you, dear Lord, for keeping us throughout each and every moment of our yes, lives, Lord. each and every moment of every day. Lord, we just thank you. You carried us through. You brought us through. We just ask for your continued grace and mercy as we keep on this journey on this earth. Through. Let us just remember to walk within your will, your precious holy will, not ours, but your will, dear Lord. I know sometimes we get stubborn, you're talking to us, you're telling us, you speak to us, but we don't always listen. But Lord, just give us this to take a few moments to fly down and go into our quiet place and listen to you, read your words, study your word, and talk with you, and earnestly listen to your 
you have brought us a mighty long way. Each and every one of us on this prayer line, those who wanted to be and could be, you have brought us through there only by your grace and your mercy. Yes. Only by your grace and mercy. Lord, we just want to say that we love you with all our heart, dear. Yes. Because of you. And we know that your word is truth. And you yes, promised yes. us. You promised us. You have prepared a place for us. And we just ask and we continue within your reason and your word so that when we leave this earth, we will be in eternity, in pure joy, peace of happiness, with no more trials and tribulations, no more aching bodies, no more tears. Thank you so much, Sister Patricia. Thank you. Uh, next, um, if who would like to read today's uh, daily bread dated for February the 17th? Okay. Okay. Sister Arlessa. Okay. Amen. Recently, my wife and I were cleaning our house before having guests over. I noticed some dark stains on our white kitchen tile floor, the kind that required getting on my knees to scrub. But I soon had a sinking realization. The more I scrubbed, the more I noticed other stains. Each stain I eliminated only made the others that much more obvious. Our kitchen floor suddenly seemed impossibly dirty. And with each moment I realized no matter how hard I worked, I can never get this floor completely clean. Scriptures say some, something similar about self-cleansing. Our best efforts at dealing with sin on our own always fall short. Seeming too desperate of God's people, the Israelites ever experienced ever experiencing God's salvation. The, prof, the prophet Isaiah wrote, all of us have become like one who is unclear and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. But Isaiah knew there is always hope through God's goodness. So he prayed, you Lord are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. He knew that God alone can cleanse what we cannot until the deepest stains are white as snow. We can't scrub away the smudges and smears of sin on our own. Oh, wait, sorry, let me repeat that. We can't scrub away the smudges and smears of sin on our souls. Thankfully, we can receive salvation and the one whose sacrifice allows us to be cleansed completely. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, our sister. Thank you. So before the paragraph, before the reading, uh, it gives the uh, 
focus scripture of Isaiah chapter 64, verse six. All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. With that being said, why is it hard to accept God's forgiveness? Anyone? I would say, because a lot of times we feel that we're unworthy, uh, since our lesser red and the daily bread, you know, um, no matter how much you try to do right by God, we all fall short of his glory. And each time we try to remove that blemish or say that this time, Lord, we're going to go down the right path, it seems like we you know, either sin by thought, word, or deed. Mm-hmm. And so, I just want, this is just my pastor. I just wonder, like, how many times is God going to me for the same mistakes I made? And namely, to me, it's my anger. I've mm-hmm. been And since I have you said publicly, which I have no problem saying that uh, I have been those diagnosed with mental illnesses that require medication and treatment. Mm-hmm. But with that said, it's that that same, you know, problem of self-control. And, you know, I wonder how many times is God going to forgive? So I know me, it's just feeling unworthy of accepting his forgiveness. Even though he gives it to me and gives it to others, I just feel like it's hard because I'm like, oh, Lord, I just feel like oh let you down again and now I feel like you shouldn't even forgive me for the same mistake that I keep doing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you so much for that honesty, uh Sister Nicole. Thank you so much. Um you know before I take the next uh answer on that I, I just want to say um I I understand. You know, um, and that's the importance of studying in the word is the more that we study God's word, the more that we see what needs to be done and recognize uh, the change that we are making effort. And it also, I feel, gives a, a, a foundation that we all stand in the need of prayer. There are no perfect people. And I I love the scripture, Zechariah chapter three, because in Zechariah 23, um, where Satan attacks Joshua and says that Joshua is not worthy of the position that God is exalting him to because he has on dirty clothing. And we also see uh, Satan attacking the character and uh, of Job and insinuating that Job is only praising and worshiping God because God has blessed him. In life, people who attack people and judge people, they are 
like the adversary. They have singed clothing, standing in the judgment of others that simply need to take their clothes to the laundromat. So we all fall short, and it's not excusing our sins, but we have to remember that we sin by thought, word, or deed. What draws us close to God and what bridges the gap between salvation and living in sin is giving God the power and authority over us to make that change. It may not happen overnight. It may not happen within a year. But it will happen. Uh, one other thing that we will be studying is uh, about the 12 disciples. And I think that that will be the next uh, curriculum that I uh, adopt in this, this study because um, a few of the disciples struggled with anger. Peter was one of them. Remember, Peter cut somebody's ear off. Okay. So, you know, uh, that is something that we, I think, all work on. Uh, with that being said, uh, Brother Desmond, why is it hard to accept God's forgiveness? It's kind of like your sister said, you know, we... A lot of us, I believe, we get prideful, mm -hmm. and it's like we don't know how to just go ahead. I just—it's hard. It—it it, it really is hard. You know, it, it's like when we mess up, it's like we're in front of a parent. Okay. And, you know, you want to do right in front of your parents. That's a good example. Uh, you you, you mm -hmm. don't want to do bad. Right. But when you when you do it, it's like how a child goes and hides. Like, say a child gets a bad report card. Yeah. And they're ashamed instead of being honest and showing their parents a report card so it can get fixed. You know, it's... A lot of kids back in the day were chastised the wrong way, where some kids had different disabilities and parents didn't know how to react right to it because they weren't aware of the disability. You know, we, we as people, as human beings, we have to understand we're going to falter we're going to make mistakes that's because we're human that's because adam and eve you know adam ate the apple eve ate the apple and from there we were born into sin you know it's it's basically the factor of being ashamed 
it's like we feel like we don't deserve God's forgiveness because we're ashamed that we've made a mistake or maybe it might not have been a mistake, but it's that we don't think we're worthy enough to be forgiven. You know, it's, it's easy. The easiest thing in life to do is to go ahead and keep moving without saying sorry or without forgiving the person. The hardest thing to do is to forgive that person. It, it really, it really is hard. And we have to be like, we have to be like Jesus. We have to be like Job. We have to be like Noah. We have to be like Abraham. You know, it's everybody. If if you look in the Bible, the only perfect creature or person was God. Was God. I mean, he gave his only begotten son to us in Jesus. I mean, that's that's it. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. And we have to learn how to come forward and ask for God's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. we, we have to learn how to say, Father, we're sorry and thank you for forgiving us. Please help me. We got to put our pride behind us in order to move ahead. Amen. 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 Um, Sister Pat, why do you think you're tempted to try to deal with sin on your own? Why do I think I'm tempted? Mm-hmm. In the past, I did do that, but as I got older and lived through life, I learned that I I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. I can't uh, get my my sins. God sees them. I know He sees them. He hears them. He knows. And like I'm coming to understand, I need Him to forgive.
Lord, I beat myself up over it, but I say, Lord, help me. Just help me. You do the best that I can. Because until I until I do enter into your kingdom, I am not going to be like you and all the angels and all the celestial beings. I'm still as long as I walk this earth, I'm still going to do something each and every day that we But I actually forgive and I've got to learn to know that you do forgive. I've got to learn my learn to trust and love you enough to know. You know my heart. You know my heart. Because I got I've even said or done something I'm sorry about it. Uh, most of them. I'll be perfect on most of them. There have some been some things I have said and done, and I wasn't sorry right away. I was angry. I was angry. And I didn't so I see it, but I did. But after I thought about it after a day or two, I wasn't sorry. But most of them are sorry. I'm sorry as soon as I thought of it. And he knows this. But I got to remember, I am a I'm in this human. Yeah. I've got to struggle each and every moment of every day. Try, try to do the best I can to remember. You know, the Lord knows. He knows the sin I've done, but He also knows my heart. And I sincerely mm-hmm. what I've done. And I will try always. Day. And I got to learn to forgive myself because he forgave me. Amen. And I got to learn to forgive others, which is not easy. It is not easy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some things, it's just not easy. But I know if I don't forgive, the Lord is going to look at me. He forgives me. Mm-hmm. And we've done some. Sometimes maybe we don't even know how bad some of the things we think are. We don't think of them as being that bad. Mm-hmm. Lord might do that in the future, but he pretends to be Amen, amen, amen. Um, for the young adults, anyone want to take either of these two questions? Why is it hard to accept God's forgiveness? Or why do you think you're tempted to try to deal with sin on your own? Um, I think for why is it hard to accept God's forgiveness? Sometimes you're not ready to forgive yourself for different things. Mm-hmm. I think, and also I think, why do you think you're tempted to try to deal with sin on your own? I feel like, you're probably not wanting to burden God, maybe. Mm-hmm. Even though you say, oh, it's, you know, people say, talk to God about things. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes you feel as though I don't want to burden him with this. I can figure it out on my own. Wow, that's or interesting. Or you're not ready to talk to him. And, mm-hmm. t- and then until, you know, you realize you don't have all the answers. It's okay to go. And I think it's okay to go to prayer and ask God and talk to him about different things and open up about uh, open mm-hmm. up about different things 
So I feel like that's, that's my answer for those two. Amen. And, and you know what? I'm going to, you know, um, and I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, because when when you said about <clears throat> sometimes we we don't want to burden God. Sometimes I, I, I understand I that. Mm-hmm. I feel like God would understand those things that we're out. Or mm. that we feel as though... Oh, why do why do we have to go to him for this thing? It's like, no, we don't want to bother him. We can figure it out. But then sometimes, you know what? You do need to talk to him about different things. Amen. Praise God. I thank you so much for that insight. And you know, this is what I've grown to understand. And I remember uh when I was younger, I used to think like that. Like I got all this going on, but I don't want to go to God and bother him with my mediocre problem. You know, I'm going to try to work this out. I I, I can work this out on my own. And so I understand that. And and that's the beauty about studying in the word, especially having a conversation and sharing our insight. Um that we get to understand that we're not the only one with these thoughts. And with that being said, you know, God wants us to come to him. You know, God wants us in conversation with him about our problems, small, medium, and large. He wants to have those conversations with us, you know, and, and, we see that throughout the Bible, God has always had open conversations with his sons in heaven, the angels, and also mankind, you know? So um, to my answer, why is it hard to accept God's forgiveness? I used to feel that um the resentment that i had in my heart um for situations and for different people um i actually wanted to stay in bitterness and i didn't want to forgive because i felt by holding on to that resentment i was punishing them by my not speaking to people, by me blocking people, somehow they were somewhere worried about why I'm not speaking to them. You know, and I learned through studying it in the word that forgiveness is peace for me. And the more I hold on to bitterness and hatred, it consumes me. To this day, to this day, people will continue to say things that hurt us. They will continue to to put us down. Sister Alessa? That's when you just said that about easier. I that is people say it's easy to forgive. I don't think it's I think it's hard to forgive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because it's pretty easy to just be angry and stay upset. For sometimes reasonable reasons, but I think the true, the trueness and like forgiveness is hard because it's not just, it's an everyday thing. 
Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of give yourself grace in that. And also it's a healing thing. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're ready to have those things and to heal and truly move on, not saying to forget about it, but to forgive, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a peace, like you said. It is. It's a peace yeah. because, you know, for me, in, in my mind, okay, I didn't need forgiveness because I didn't do anything wrong. They hurt me. So in my mind, it was okay for me to go on hating, you know, wishing for people to have demise, you know, because what do I need forgiveness for? It was them. But in studying in the word, I understood that having hatred, even for my enemy, was a sin was wrong. And I still struggle with that because, you know, when I see things on the news about people um, committing suicide because they were bullied, you know, my thought is like, okay, these bullies, they need to be arrested. Even though it was suicide, it still, in a sense, was murder, you know, And, you know, and I I struggle with that. But, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, forgiveness, and I I don't know who did this quote, but forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. And what do you think you're tempted to try to deal with sin on your own? I agree with Arlesa because it was like, okay, you know, I don't want to burden God with this. He has already enough going on. And then it was too, you know, I really felt that I was not living in. Amen. So we are back. So, you know, I felt that one of which, you know, me hating a person, wanting them to suffer, you know, for what they did to me, you know, I don't need forgiveness for because they caused it. So that was one of the reasons why I did not go to God, you know, in in prayer um, to deal with, you know, that sin. So with that being said, the prayer in daily bread, Father, help me to rest in your forgiveness instead of trying to earn what you've already freely given. May God add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Um, With that being said, uh, we are going to uh, turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 20. Uh, We are going to take a break and we will be right back with studying in the word. Rhea, Isaac, Egypt, and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. This book will take you on the journey from creation through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Answering questions, why do we die boiled eggs? Or what is the significance of an Easter bunny? And much more. The presence of the Lord surrounded Amelia and her family. 
The Holy Spirit filled their household with love, joy, and peace. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grew from a young babe in the manger into a young boy. He worked alongside his earthly father Joseph as a carpenter and worshiped our Heavenly Father with all of his heart. Years went by and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ performed many miracles and preached to many, many people. And this full-length color book written by Michelle Carter Douglas, her sons, Patrick M. Douglas, Rylan Douglas, and her daughter, Arlesa Douglas, was also illustrated by her children, Patrick, Rylan, and Arlesa. What a beautiful book to bring in all holidays. This book is written by a family for the family. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Rhea, Isaac, Egypt, and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. Amen. Amen. Welcome back to studying in the word. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. And Patrick, go ahead with your intake on forgiveness. I would say forgiveness is good as long as like, um, I would say the problem with people Usually they say, well, you should forgive your, like, abuser or, like, let's say if someone murders your loved one mm-hmm. or someone who did horrible things, people, some people will say, well, you should forgive that person, that, that it helps you move on. The problem with that is there are some things that, like, are unforgivable, and the problem is, uh, with that is that can actually harm you if you like forgive but you not truly forgive the person or and some people use it as a weakness like okay i forgive you but they they use it as a way to they escape. truly don't yeah I, i'm gonna agree with brother patrick on that because now i was talking about forgiveness and the concept where we are not talking about grievous uh sins or whatnot oh. You know, and I and 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 I thank you for bringing that up, my brother, because I, I want to clarify that. Because in no way am I talking about any grievous sin. I'm talking about when I was talking about uh, sins that that hurt me. I'm speaking about you know bullying and different things like that. Um, I truly believe that. Uh, if a person uh, experienced uh, to where somebody uh, taken a life or hurt their loved one, by all means, you know, that journey of forgiveness is between you and the Lord. You know, I, I and I thank you for bringing that up, my brother, because we need to, we need to clarify that we are talking about uh Uh, Yes, what's that one? I think 
I think for some people struggle, let's say they ask God for forgiveness, like, because for some people it's kind of hard to, well, a lot of people ask something that you cannot see, feel, or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, is he listening? Is there something out there? Mm. And it's kind of, like, like I said, it's like hard, you know, to ask, like, God for forgiveness if, like, you don't know, like, you know, he's real or not. Amen. And you know what? And I applaud you for, for that, uh, Brother Patrick. And you know what? And I know and I see that you are on a journey with your own relationship with God. And the 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 start of that is, believe it or not, questioning and coming to understand uh, his omnificence. You know that God doesn't have to be there in the physical sense, like a physical person, but he's there in the spiritual sense. And I remember when I was a young girl, I remember learning about God in the Bible. And I too questioned, I said, well, I don't see God. I know he lives in heaven and I know heaven is up in the sky. So I would sit in the yard and I would just look up in the sky. And I remember (laughs) my grandmother was on the porch one day and she said, they called me Mama. She said, Mama, why you keep looking up in that sky like that all the time? I said, because I'm trying to see God, Grandma. And she just looked at me with this beautiful smile. And she told me, and it stuck with me. She said, Michelle, you'll know him when you feel him. And I tell you what, as a as a grown woman, I love the journey that I went on in coming to know God because I went from that stage uh, where Brother Patrick is. And I think, you know, uh, Brother Brolin as well, you know, um, where God becomes close to where you want to know more about him. So if you have a family member, a child out there, even a parent, because sometimes the child will educate, will spiritually educate the the parent. So if you have somebody out there and they're questioning God's existence and and things like that, don't, don't, don't yell at them. You know, let them, because that's how they, they grow close. And it was my ability to be brought to the church to learn about God and then as a grown adult incorporate God's laws. Now, I went through the thing to where I was always made to go to church. So I made the mistake. I was like, when I get older and I have kids, I'm not going to make them go to church. I regret that. I truly, honestly regret that because I wish I would have, you know? So, you know, but what I love about now is that I know that the church is in our home and the church is in us. 
and they are going closer to God in their own individual ways. Amen? Amen. With that being said, I thank all of you for your contribution. Let's get on down to Genesis chapter 20. Uh, and uh, let's see, I will read the first uh, five verses. And Brother Desmond, do you have Genesis chapter 20 NIV? Yes. Okay, amen. I'll read the first five verses and then uh, you can read verse six and uh, I'll look and see what uh Verses like maybe six through six through uh, thirteen. So I'll start here, and then Sister Nicole, if you could read verses uh, thirteen through eighteen, finishing out chapter twenty. Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of Negev, and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while, he stayed in Gerah, and there Abraham said of his wife, Sarah, she is my sister. Then Amlumach, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Amlumach in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now, Amlamech had not gone near her. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say, he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Uh, verse 6 uh, through 13, uh, Brother uh, Desmond. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife. For he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Early the next morning, Abelette summoned all his officials. And when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Amalek called Abraham. What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great, oh, such guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should, that should never be done. And Ambalak asked Abraham, what was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, there's surely so, no fear of God in the place 
and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, through not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, this is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. Then Ambalet brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. And he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Ambalek said, my land is before you. Live wherever you like. To Sarah, he said, I am giving you, your brother, a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Ambalek, his wife and his female slaves, so that they could have children again. For the Lord had kept all the women in Ambalek's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. We've read the entire chapter of Genesis 20. May God have blessed upon the readers and doers of this holy word. Amen. Amen. This is really a, uh, uh, when I was reading it, um, this is really a powerful chapter. There's a lot of information in here. A lot of information. Oh, wait a minute. I, I, I really got a question. Mm-hmm. This was really Abraham's sister? Okay. Sarah was really his sister, but not by like yeah. half-sister. Half-sister, yeah. They were because it says in, in uh, verse uh, it it's it says here, and we'll get down to that, but yes, uh they were biologically related. Now, again, okay, when we read the, the Bible, common sense, Adam and Eve, only two people on the face of the earth. Right. They had children. Now, see, this is still in the book of Genesis. As we go forward in the Bible. You know, you will not see this, but at this particular time, there is not a lot of people in the world. So there is going to be um, marriage between uh, people who are biologically related. Okay. Because remember when Cain uh, was exiled, Cain took his sister. Okay, so uh, yes, Abraham and Sarah were half siblings. Okay, there was no crime against God at this, uh, uh, no crime against in the eyes of God because again, this was back in Genesis to where the world was being populated as the world became, and we see. You know, even in the case of uh, when Lot's daughters did that, that was a iffy situation at that time. So, uh, but we'll get to that, you know. Um, with that being said, 
since you brought that up, Desmond, I do want to bring up some other things in this, in this, since, you know, on that subject. Um, incest is wrong. And another thing that I, I do want to bring up, uh, you know, because the Bible, even when Lot's daughters did that, that was a sin because even in the book of Genesis, parents weren't supposed to be having relations with their children. That was never supposed to happen. Okay. Siblings and so forth, that was excusable because the world was being populated. And I just make that, uh, out there because some people do use certain scriptures to try to validate grievous sins yeah and that's not going to fly you know you can't mix god's word up like the devil and and think that yeah so and 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 another thing i want to bring out here this chapter is a good example to let people know Adultery is wrong because if adultery wasn't wrong, God would not have came to Amlamek in a dream and told him very much he was going to die. You know, and he said, this is somebody's wife. He didn't say this is somebody's sister wife or whatever. He said, this is somebody's wife. So we see this here in this chapter when when people uh, bring up, you know, those uh, uh, monogamy, open marriages and stuff that no, this is the Bible also says one man, one wife. Okay, Um, let's get into some other interesting facts um, in in studying here. where we see uh, in chapter 20, verse one, uh, Abraham moved from uh, where he was at into the region of Negev. Um, Now, when I looked up information about Negev, because I was wondering about that, you know, um, Negev was a pastoral region in the biblical time. But the Nabataeans, a Semitic people centered in what is now Jordan developed techniques of terracing and of conserving winter rains, which made the Negev a thriving agricultural area. It was an important granary of the Roman Empire. So when I looked information up, Abraham was very blessed to travel in certain pivotal areas and contributing to religious and history, religious history and history in itself. Um, When I looked up exactly uh, where he ended up staying in Gerar, um, Gerar is Hebrew, meaning pilgrimage or lodging place. Now, this was a Philistine town and district in what is today South Central Israel. 
okay? Um, mentioned in the book of Genesis and the second book of Chronicles of the Hebrew Bible. Um, also, Gerar is where Isaac stayed. Now, Isaac stayed in Gerar. When I looked that up, uh, he actually was under God's protection and blessed by God. And Isaac obeyed God's command to avoid Egypt, staying instead in Gerar, planting crops there. So again, Gerar is a lodging place, uh, 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 which is referred to like a journey, a spiritual journey, uh, um, a pilgrimage. And I just thought that was, Excellent, excellent information. Um, so Amalek was a P Philistine king. Amen. Um, now, any questions so far before I go into the next piece of information? I have a question. Yes. My question is, the reason for the silver, was that to, to give that to Abraham to pray for um, Abimelech's family and his, so they can bear children or? Well, it was a peace offering. It was, well, you know what? Let me not tell you, you know, let's go to the scripture where, uh, where uh, Amlamech is making a peace offering um, in the eyes of God to Abraham because of the wrong. Even though, and, and, and let me, before I go there, let me also bring up, this is the epitome of forgiveness because Amalek was lied to. Abraham and Sarah knew they were wrong to tell that man that they were siblings and were not married. But instead of Amalek, arguing with God saying listen you 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 gonna you're gonna uh uh punish us but it's these two that lied to me I'm gonna do what I want to do or whatever he made it right in the eyes of God by also blessing Abraham and Sarah by what he gave because he gave not only did he give the uh the silver and whatnot, which you know, money or whatever, he gave other things. So let's go to that uh scripture, Brother Desmond. And if you can reread it. Okay. I'm sorry, what was that? No, I'm saying I'm tracking it down again. Hold on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, I found where it says, besides, she really is my sister. Okay, the daughter of my father. Is he looking for this? This is then. Oh, you got it. Yeah, I think so. I think. Is this where it says then Amalek brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham 
and he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Amalek said, My land is before you. Live wherever you live. To Sarah, he said, I am giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Now you see, it's more of a peace offering. You understand? Like, I'm sorry for, you know, what I did. Because like you said, he didn't know that she was uh, married to her half-brother. But I just, like, also, um, you know, again, this is why Brother Desmond, we do study. Mm -hmm. and, and so I question uh, things, too. And, you know, the hardest thing is is to not just forgive y'all, but to forgive somebody who has wronged you. Because right. technically, like you said, Pastor, it was Sarai and it was Abraham mm -hmm. that was deceitful to Amalek. And he could have said, you know, I understand, Lord, you want me to let her go. You know, you came in my dream. You told me that they're definitely married. They're not just brother and sister. But, you know, I'm going to let them go. But that's it. I'm not going to give them any cattle. I'm not going to give them any shekels of silver. I'm just going to let them go on their way because they were the ones who were wrong. Mm -hmm. But this was his way, how it says in the scripture of, of you know, uh, saying this this is making it right with God. Right. You know, and letting the Lord know, listen, not only am I acknowledging that, you know, what was done was, was wrong now that you have brought what happened to light and you let me know that Abraham and Sarah were actually married, but I'm going to show my gratitude and my love for you by showing these two people that I truly, truly want them to know they are welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, it was their way, you know, uh, Brother Desmond, of, of letting them know that they were in no danger. Because that's why Abraham, bless his heart, first tried to lie and say that they weren't married or really didn't want to admit they were married. Because he thought that, you know, um, Sarai being so pretty, that which she was, that she would be so, that uh, a lot of kings, which this king of Philistine would want her. And he didn't want to fight for her like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, like, like, mm -hmm. Okay, we, we brother and sister through this hood, okay? And then when we get out of here, we're going to be married again, okay? But, like, I'm just trying to get through this place. Without, you know, having King so-and-so and, and this other King, you know, be, be trying to, you know, take you and, and, you know, it's just me and I ain't got a big posse and stuff like that. So I'm just, I'm just rolling with the punches, you know, exactly. but, you know, Amalek said, you know, okay, I'm going to flip it and say, you know what, I'm not even mad y'all did that to me because this is the same God that I believe in. And my God told me that y'all were married. My God told me to let your wife go. My God told me, Abraham, to greet you with love, fellowship, and kindness. Amen. You know, and that's why, you know, all of that was given to Abraham. You know, showing him that I'm welcoming you. I'm welcoming you. And I love mm -hmm. you, my brother, you know, and my sister, you know. Hey, sissy. Yeah. You, you know the one thing that 
I really am thinking about that you said it was brought to the light. Now we know, like when they say what is ever done in the darkness is brought to the light because here was that God talked to Amalek through his dreams. Yes, there you go. Yes. And let him know. And I mean, this is like, I mean, this, this right here, this is powerful right here. This, it is. This part of Genesis is really powerful. And, because and, it, and I don't want to scare anybody, Brother Desmond and, and Patricia uh, and, uh, you know, Brother uh, Bridlin and, and Patrick, but in our lesson. But Pastor, when when Brian, I mean, when Patrick especially uh, was questioning God, because I have done that as an adult, and mm-hmm. I've been, you know, we've been in church all our lives, and I do the same thing about questioning God's existence, uh, especially when certain people in my life passed away. I would ask the question, God, why couldn't I go instead of that person, right? Mm-hmm. And he always says me, he always, especially. In my lowest time, God has always answered my call in my dream. When I close my eyes and when I get in that closet, it's when I'm close to him. Mm-hmm. And when he revealed himself to me, just like I'm talking to y'all, I was talking to my God just like this. And he said, let me tell you, upper may endure but a night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. These people, these people, you're going to see again. You're going to see again. You cannot let this sorrow of leaving them in the flesh, as long as you follow me, know that you will see them again forevermore. And then that time, you will never be parted from them. And then it was like this warm embrace. Just like somebody will hug you, Desmond, it was like a warm, embracing hug, just hovered me. And the minute that happened, I was calm. I was at peace. I was, there was no more crying I was having. You know, and I'm not saying how pastor said, I don't want people to miss the truth. Having somebody murdered or even having a loved one die, you gotta go through that grieving process. I'm not talking about doing this, you know, right after you have suffered a, a tragic loss. But I'm talking about years later and you're still asking why or you can't move forward. God will see through and he will show himself. So I say, Brother Patrick, my, my brother, you know, you know, I consider you my son. When you are actively seeking God like you are, he will reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. He will reveal himself to you because you are actively seeking him and you are studying his word. These broken bones have mended and now I am soaring like never before. Broken mirrors and mended wounds, my savior restoreth my soul. By domestic violence survivor, Michelle Carter Douglas. This poetry book depicts a journey of individual faith, healing, and strength. Reader, Tara Kirksey shares. Broken mirrors and mended wounds, this collection of poems and reflections was so on point. 
They were so uplifting to me. My favorite one was revelation mended through being broken. I could truly relate to this one. This author blessed my soul through her writing. I know she's at a point of healing. I love to read more from this author. This book available right now, Broken Mirrors and Mended Wounds, My Savior Restoreth My Soul by Michelle Carter Douglas, available right now on Amazon.com. only a few minutes until they could exit to Koenigsegg Parkway. The roads and traffic take a turn for the worse. Readers and friends, the angel of death was near. Sterile and John prayed silently to Almighty God. Are they spared? Everyone hopes for a perfect love story. Some people dream of taking an adventure. In a small town named Poughkeepsie, New York, a couple and six young adults will meet and change one another's lives forever. Take this journey in the adventures of Gurgle Boy, written by author Patrick M. Douglas. This book is available on Amazon.com. People want to say when somebody has been blessed to have to be a dream like Joseph and, and just find that amazing. I find it amazing that I can ask questions at 49 years old and still be able to learn. I you, don't want to stop learning. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And, and God has the glory in all of this because I tell you what, that's a testimony to God because uh, the devil is is busy, and like my friend uh, from North Carolina said, God is busier. God, God is mightier. God is busier. So the studying in the Word page on uh, Facebook, along with Brian's page, my purpose ordained by God was hot was at. So I got to start a whole other page. And I know that's just the opposition of the, the enemy because he doesn't want this information out there. So with that being said, and then just now, as you were talking, Brother Desmond, the uh, the thing cut off, so it wasn't recording on what you said earlier. But I give God the glory because God, prepares you. God creates you with already your ordained assignment. And people 
wonder why I don't uh, like I I I have the title of minister because I minister God's word, and currently I am a pastor because I am pastoring behind closed doors ministries, which eventually uh, God already spoke to me about who will be the pastor, you know, and it will be Brother Bradley. And and that was confirmed by somebody. They were saying that Bradley would be the pastor and uh, they were speaking of uh, Patrick will uh, be like a, a, a deacon and our lesson of deaconess. So, you know, and then I have my uh, sister's uh, daughter and her husband. So when I think about Behind Closed Doors Ministries, um, I just give God the glory and how he designed this and it allowed me to uh, walk in the path that he ordained for me. The one title that I will adopt and I usually will tell people, I'm an evangelist. I'm an evangelist. Because evangelists, we have the gift of being able to not only discern the scripture by the Holy Spirit, but we're given the gift to teach it. And that is why I have to constantly pummel my body. And that's another reason why I go through many opposition because it's a gift. If I don't do right by God and God's people, that gift can be taken away. So I have to stay aligned with God's word. I have to be transparent about my flaws in everything because I am an evangelist. And I, I, and that's one thing I, I, I will say that uh, when it's all said and done, um, and my work is finished here on earth, that's one thing that I would love for people to know me as, as an evangelist, an author too. Oh, and gorgeous, <laughs> you know. But anywho, but that you know, but uh, let's let's get into some scriptures here about uh, evangelism, right? Quick, uh, one is taken out of Second Timothy chapter four, verse five. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist discharge all the duties of your ministry. Now you see, and, and that's where I'm understanding because in everything that I do, I have to go back to the evangelism. Even in the ministry, there is teaching. Um, even in our uh, board meetings, there is teaching. On social media, I am teaching. And my spirit, I understand why God is keeps bringing me back to education. Like currently I'm studying at Youngstown State University. God, in order for me to teach, I have to be taught. You know, in order for me to be fed, okay, I have to feed others 
and vice versa. So I get the knowledge from the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has blessed uh, 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 different people in different jobs and different things to bless me with education and knowledge. Um, one of which the, the one uh, grant writer of Ozone uh, Business Gallery, you know, she is teaching me on on aspects of different things about the nonprofit. And then uh, Mrs. Hill over at the Min Minority Business Association that is helping me with both my business, my for-profit and my nonprofit education. You know, God is good. You know, God is good. And, and, and the last uh, scripture I want to share about evangelism, Mark 16, 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Everybody here on the line and here in the house, guess what? I'm doing my due diligence in the eyes of God, commanded by my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, my brother, okay, to go into the world and preach the gospel. So guess what? That y'all can continue to preach the gospel. Study in the word so the word can be in you, that you can put the word in the communities to save people. Amen. Amen. Um, here are some scriptures that I would like for you guys to look up, if that's okay. Um, and regarding, uh, let me see about dreams. Um, sister Nicole, if you could look up Genesis chapter 46, verse two, Desmond, can you look up Genesis chapter 15, verse one? And Sister Nicole, I mean, Sister Patricia, if you could look up Job chapter four, verses six, uh, Job chapter four, verses 13 through 16. Okay, you said Genesis 46, two? Yes, ma'am. Okay, that's from the NIV. Yes, ma'am. And God, and God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am, he replied. Amen, amen. Now you see here, and you know what, Sister Cole, if you could read maybe two through, uh, let me see. You know what? If you could reread uh, too, but this time maybe go from uh, let me see, verse one through one through five. Okay. So Israel set out with all that was his, and when he reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob.
here I am, he replied. I am God, the God of your fathers, he said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. Then Jacob left Beersheba, and Israel's sons took their father Jacob and their children and their wives in the carts that Pharaoh had sent to transport them. Amen. Now, you see here, God will speak to us when we are under attack when we are overwhelmed yes okay and he is very precise he's very clear and concise okay and i want you all to remember that because what i have learned things that will clog your vision are vices that the enemy uses Okay. And I say that because one of which we have a choice. We can feed the spirit or we can feed the flesh. If we feed the flesh, we are susceptible to the flaws of the flesh where the adversary would try to disturb our sleep as well. Uh, before we get into that, um, Desmond, uh, could you read Genesis chapter 15, maybe go 15 through three, I mean, 15 verses one through three. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Lord's covenant with Abraham. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your every great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit? My state is Eliza of Damascus. And Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. So we see here again, where the covenant of uh, Abraham came in a vision. And again, God is very clear and concise. I want you guys to take a mental uh, picture of this. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your great reward. But Abraham said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your flesh, your own flesh and blood, 
will be your heir. So we see again, God is very clear and concise. In Abraham's dream, in this vision, there is communication. We die daily each day. Meaning, when we go to sleep, a part of us goes back to the Lord. Real talk. Okay? What we have to remember, when we go to the Lord, what are we taking with us? And I'm going to explain that, you know, uh, uh, more, but I don't want to, uh, you know, put so much on here where I confuse people. Um, before we uh, read Job chapter 4 uh, by Sister Pat, uh, anybody have any questions, thoughts so far what we just read? Amen, amen. Okay, Sister Pat, if you could read, uh, you know what, Sister Pat, if you could read verse Job chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. 12 through 17? Yes, ma'am. A word was secretly brought to me. My ears caught a whisper of it. Amid disquieting dreams in the night, deep sleep falls on people. Fear and trembling seized me and made all my bones shake. A spirit glided past my face, and the hair on my body stood on end. It stopped, but I could not know what it was. A form stood before my eyes, and I heard a hushed voice. Can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can even a strong man be more pure than his maker? You know what, Sister Pat, take it to, uh, let me see, um, 21. If you could read down to 21. If God places no trust in his servants, if he charges his angels with error, how much more those who live in houses of clay? foundations are in the dust who are crushed more readily than a moth. Between dawn and dust they are broken to pieces. Untouched they perish forever. Are not the cords of their tent pulled up so that they die without wisdom? Whew. Oh, I went all the way down to 21. That's okay. No, you were, uh -huh. supposed, yeah, you were supposed to go down to 21. Yes, yes. And um, this is, it, it's just, you know what, and this is the finishing of uh, the, the chapter here. Powerful. Powerful. You, you see how consistent and concise God is? This is just, this is, and now that we have this in mind. We are now going to go with how Satan will come at us in our dream. I'm going to give you guys some scriptures to look up and to read while I'm talking. Uh, Brother Desmond, if you could look up 1 John 
That's first John chapter four verses one through three. That's first John four one through three. Uh let's see, Sister Nicole. If you could look up Zechariah 10, that's Zechariah chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. Um... Amen. Yes. Okay. Uh, you have uh, that. Okay. Yes. If you could uh, go ahead and read. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard. Is coming and even now it's already in the world. Oh wow, I got Yeah. And 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 I'm going to um yeah. Let's see. Okay, if you could read verses four and five too, Desmond. children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in your who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world mm-hmm. and the world listens to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sister Nicole if you could read Zechariah 10 1 through Let me see. Uh, one through three. Zachariah 10, the NIV. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse one starts As the Lord for rain in the springtime, it is the Lord who sends the thunderstorm. He gives showers of rain to all people and plants of the field to everyone. The idols speak deceitfully. Diviners see visions that lie. They tell dreams that are false. They give comfort in vain. 
people wander like sheep, oppressed for lack of a shepherd. My anger burns against the shepherd, and I will punish the leaders. For the Lord Almighty will care for his flock, the people of Judah, and make them like a proud horse in battle. Amen. 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 May God add a blessing to the hearer, readers, doers of his holy word. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We see here examples of how the adversary will come to you in dreams too. The adversary is of chaos. His vices are sexual immorality, hatred, violence. So, if we are watching certain videos, movies, and we go to sleep playing certain video games, going to sleep, and then we have these dreams that are chaotic. And we sometimes wonder, wait a minute, is this God trying to tell me something? We have to remember our bodies are temples. And I'm learning this because I have to watch what I eat. The other day I was craving a grape purple pop so bad. And I did, I drank it. And then I got sick and I called my mom and I was like, oh, ma, I don't feel good. And I'm thinking she's going to say, oh, Michelle, it's probably the weather, whatever. The minute I told her that, she said, Michelle, what did you eat? And I didn't, I didn't reply. Did I even give you an answer? No. Okay. Now you got your answer a few days later. That's the thing. And I'm learning what I put in will come out. I have to be very careful about dating and different things like that because I can't. Because if I fall short, I can't preach the word of God. What goes in must come out. And just like Brother Desmond brought up the scripture that we 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 reread Luke, that also is your body. If you're getting up in the pulpit or, or preaching the word of God wherever you are, and behind closed doors, you're you're doing anything, whether it's looking at pornography or fornicating or whatever, it's gonna come out. And God will remove you. That is why I pummel my body and I'm very careful of even things that I watch on television. I used to love to watch horror movies. Now I don't. You know, there's a movie I want to check out uh, with uh, my cousin was saying, um, uh, what is it with Monique? But I got to look into that because I don't know what's entailed in that movie. But that's just something. 
If you are having dreams that are chaotic and are causing like heart palpitations and um, discomfort even in your waking hours, think back to what you were doing prior to going to sleep. And know that not all visions and dreams come from God. And studying in the word, you have these scriptures, read up on them, read up on them so that you can discern, is this the attack of the enemy or is this a conversation with God? Don't be afraid to call on Jesus as you sleep. Before I go to bed, I say a prayer. I say, God, Holy Spirit, as I lay down, I pray that you send my protection angels to watch over me and mine, my family, my friends, your people. Watch over us as we sleep. And guard our thoughts and our dreams that everything we think, hear, and see is from you in the name of Jesus. You have to. You have to pray over yourself. The full armor of God is that so. Amen? Are there any thoughts? So far, amen. Uh, we're going to take a brief break and then we will come back with studying in the word and we will read, uh, well, we will go over chapter uh, 21. Amen. In our storms, we have God too. Written by Michelle Carter Douglas, Rylan Douglas, Arlesa R. Douglas, Patrick M. Douglas. This collection of prayers is offered to the home for parents and their children, not only focusing on relationships between husband and wife, but the relationships between parent and child, child and parent, and people within the community. James 5.16, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Behind our closed doors, we pray together and we offer our fervent prayers to the world. 1 John 5.14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Amen. Sharing a prayer from the book. Strength in our marriage. God is our strength. Heavenly Father, as my spouse and I come before you, we send praise and gratitude. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Thank you for everything. 
you have done for us both as individuals and together. As I hold my spouse's hand, we give our praise. Please, Sovereign Lord, cover our homes, our lives, our families with the blood of Jesus. At times, the wind consumes us and we begin to feel as though we are drifting apart. Seldom have the raging waters tried to drown our hopes and dreams. We ask you, Almighty God, to embrace us and give my spouse and me strength. Give us strength, Heavenly Father, individually and in our union. Give us the strength and endurance during opposition of the enemy's tactics. Give us the strength during temptation. Give us the strength to endure physical and mental trials. Oh, Heavenly Father, strengthen our mind, heart, spirit, and souls. Yes, Father, we find refuge and strength in your holy word and presence. We find strength calling on your holy name. We have strength in your divine love and nurturing presence. Heavenly Father, you are our strength in our marriage with God we can survive all things. This we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. This book is available right now on Amazon.com. Every finishing point has a beginning. In our lives, every hardship we faced brought about a new beginning, a new horizon, a new triumph. Beginning of a new is just one short story written by author Brylon Douglas in his book, My Purpose Ordained by God, collection of adventure and short stories from an autistically gifted child. From the adventures of Jerry Young, who disguises himself to hide from the world, to Mama, please don't go. Another heartfelt short story about a young girl named Mindy who fears losing her mother. Take this inspirational journey through this book written by Brylon Douglas and available right now on Amazon.com. was studying in the word and uh as we uh go in uh genesis chapter 21 amen sister pat if you could read verses 1 through 10 yes ma'am now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who 
have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Amen. Um, what verse did you just leave off at? Seven. Let me see. Yeah, if you could go down to maybe 13. The child grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham had a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar, a Egyptian, had born to Abraham, was mocking. And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share an inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to what Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also, because he is your offspring. Amen, amen. Brother Desmond, if you could read verses 14 through 18. Okay. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and watered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the, the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Amen, amen. And again, you see here the voice of God, even by who God sends is a very charismatic spirit, a helping spirit. Um, they're there to help, you know, and this is another thing that we can learn to recognize uh, our dreams and even be able to interpretate and have a conversation with God. Uh, Sister Nicole, if you could read verses 19 through 26. And God opened her eyes and saw, saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. At that time, Amalek and people the commander of his forces said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here before God that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants. Show to me in the country where you now reside as a foreigner 
the same kindness I have shown to you. Abraham said, I swear it. Then Abraham complained to Amalek about a well of water that Amalek's servants had Amen. Sister Pat, if you could read verses 26 through 30. Amalek said, I don't know who has done this. You did not tell me, and I heard about it only today. So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Amalek, and the two men made a treaty. Abraham set apart seven ewes from the flock, and Amalek asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs you have set apart by themselves? He replied, Accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. So that place was called Beersheba because the two men swore an oath there. After the treaty had been made at Beersheba, Amalek and Bichol, the commander of his forces, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarasic tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the eternal God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long time. Amen. 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 Now, before I say anything, anybody, uh, Brother Desmond, if you could go first, what did you get here out of this chapter? It was kind of like, it kind of reminded me of like how Angela gave the gift to um, Abraham before. Amen. And, you know, rather than have Sarah and Hagar fight, Abraham listened to his wife and was listening to God. And God, again, came, he sent an angel before all hanker, like, you know, listen, everything's going to be all right. God is going to take care of you and your child. And the good Lord did. But because the child was of Abraham's descent and of his blood, God washed out for him and blessed him. Jesus blessed Isaac rule the nation. And it also talks to me that you know, God has a final say-so. You know, here it was that Abraham and Sarah could have children, but God made it so. He made it that Sarah could conceive a child. And it shows the power of the Lord. It really shows the power of God about having faith in him yes. and, and being faithful to him and not deceiving people, not walking away in God's forgiveness. I mean, what more needs to be said? I mean, I, I think we all know now how great of a master we serve. He, 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 he does everything everything has a time you know it, it's it gets done not in our time but it gets done in god's time 
Amen. And, and that's that's why Hagar was blessed because the good Lord saw the whole situation. You know, God let things happen. God sees and knows all. Mm-hmm. And the good Lord did not allow Satan to come in. Thank you, Jesus. Away Abraham's son. But he gave the good Lord gave Abraham's son from Hagar a nation to lead. A nation. Just like he gave Isaac a nation to lead. Mm-hmm. Only God. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Sister Nicole. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what Brother Desmond said. And, you know, it's just about trusting. And also, I always said this about Abraham. And I'll, you know, say it probably even after I got to heaven. But Abraham had two great things about him. Uh, being a follower of Christ. One was just an unfound, right, just trust and that God will see him through and also obedience. He was so obedient to whatever God told him to do. And at this point, I'm in um, Abraham's shoes. And I'm looking and I'm saying, okay, now if you have a newborn son, I, I'm Hundred years old, Lord, but I got a newborn son mm-hmm. named Isaac. But I do got this three, four year old Ishmael. This is my baby too. Mm-hmm. And my wife is saying she's not comfortable with my housemate in here anymore because now she got my child. But mm-hmm. I don't want either one of them to go because they need me for food. They need me for survival. They can't live without me. What am I going to do, dear God? And God told him, let him go. Let him go. I will take care. Like that's the thing. He told him, I will take care of your son and his mother. Let him go. And the obedience of Abraham said, I trust you, God. I'm, I'm going to be obedient to you. And he let him go. And because of that, Hagar and Ishmael were both taken care of when they were out there. You know, Hagar cried just like I would have cried. But when that angel came to her and said, you know, what's wrong? And, you know, she told her, your son and you are not going to be uh, uh, out here without any food, without any water, you know. And just like at the end, how Amalek did show again, you know, uh, what I did for you, you know, when I let your wife go, Sarah, and gave you a silver and gave you calves, I'm asking for help in, in, in this land. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Abraham returned the same favor and, you know, the, the seven uh, lambs, you know. So it, again, it shows that uh, when we're followers of him and we're obedient to him, not only will he bless us, but he will bless us abundantly. Yes. Over and over and over again. Amen. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Sister Pat. I agree with uh, both 
brother Desmond and uh, Mr. Nicole said, because the favor was returned and he, uh, the Lord, uh, you know, he took care of, uh, of Israel. Mm -hmm. Because like I said in my prayer every night, though, God's will shall be done. Yes. We trust and obey God. His will shall be done. We try to do things our way, but we see that we have to trust God and trust his will and his way. Because that's what shall be done. That's the correct way. That's the only way. Amen. Amen. That is so, so true. You know, to me, there's a little of Hagar in us all. And what I mean by that is how many of us have been propositioned, and when I mean propositioned, you know, somebody say, oh, you know, do this and whatever, and help me out and help you out. And then we feel that we were left on the wayside. You know, I think about you know, me, my, my, uh, my first marriage, um, and how, you know, me and my kids were left at the wayside and my sister, uh, how her daughter's father left her at the wayside, you know, but see, the thing of it is, is, and then my mother left on the wayside by our biological father. The thing of that, when people leave people at the wayside, God meets them at the wayside. And he blesses us. You see? And in, in these scriptures, it gives me hope. It gives me hope that when we accomplish God's assignment, that we will be blessed with our heart's desire. Because... I think Hagar, deep down, always wanted a husband and a family. She didn't want to be a maid forever. I don't think so. I don't know. And I think that's why she she kept antagonizing Sarah. He might be your husband, but I got his child. And just maybe, maybe I'll have another baby by him and then he'll leave her for me. You know, when we think of things like that, it brings humanity to the scripture as well. And it allows me to know that we all have desires. And sometimes we do try to rush God. But patience is learned and appreciated. And patience is a gift from God. It's one of the, it's one of the uh, uh, fruits of the spirits. That's a gift. So in, in these scriptures here, I see one. What God has for you, he has for you. Meaning, Isaac was the heir of 
Abraham, where he was, Abraham is the father of nations. No matter how many half lies he told or how many schemes him and Sarah came up, what God had for Abraham and Sarah, he had for him. God had a son for Sarah. Her rushing the maid in there didn't change it. Ishmael. What God had for Ishmael, Ishmael got. He was blessed. So when we look at this, remember, we all fall short. But we all can go to God and have a conversation, take accountability and find peace. Second of all, what we take in will come out. So let us be conscious and cautious of what we take in. Because each night we die daily. And when we go before God... What are we taking with us? Thirdly, patience is a virtue and it is learned. So we begin to take the steps in patience. Lastly, forgiveness is truly bliss. So if people have wronged us in any fashion, let us begin to take those steps to forgiveness. And when the adversary misuses people to try to provoke our anger, let us be slow to anger, slow to speak, slow to act, and remember, call on Jesus. Amen? Amen. Uh, Brother Desmond, would you bless us with prayer? Lord, we come before you today to ask you, Father, to help us. Help us so we can remain calm. Help us so we can be people that are able to forgive, to turn the cheek. Lord, even though it's hard, we have to become representatives. And the representatives that we become are from your good standards and quality. The easiest thing we can do is to react. The hardest thing we can do is to forgive. Yes. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come before you today to have this awesome day of prayer. Oh, hallelujah. To be able to talk among each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. To be fed the knowledge that you are willing and eager to give us as long as we are eager to accept it. 
Lord, allow us to go out into the streets and deliver your sermon to yes, those who need it. Lord, help us, Father. Help us and give us clarity in our dreams. Yes. Lord, we thank you for everything you have given us. Yes. And we ask you to please bless our pastor. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Bless the members of our church. And bless all those in the world today, Lord, who need you, who are crying out for you. Let them be on fire for you as we are too. Allow us to reach out and bring them in. We thank you, Lord, now and forever. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Love you all. See you all on Sunday. Bye-bye. Restoration of peace within the soul is an ongoing process. The Prosperity Project series presents Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse. The brightest stars on earth have overcome many adversities in their lives. This book is dedicated to the inner healing of abuse victims and those who have encountered traumatic experiences. Focusing on the strength-based perspective, the reader will connect with their innate ability to overcome all obstacles. This book was written by survivors to survivors and those that know survivors. Instructor's Manual and the Individual Student Books of Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse are designed for facilitating workshops, Bible studies, individual readings, and or groups. This book is available right now on Amazon.com. A few testimonies from Lori Massey who says that the book is wonderful, inspiring, empathetic, and helps with the past. The novel market declares while religion isn't normally their thing, I know it is for a lot of people, and this book seems written with good intentions to help others. Also, Will, says that this book is inspiring and transformative. He says it is a great read and he wasn't sure what to expect going in, but he enjoyed the book and he recommends it. Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse, available right now on Amazon.com.